ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. Hey guys, just wanted to remind you, don't forget to leave a little review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you're listening. Um, Once we get to 100, we are going to recap a movie of your choosing and like we've said before looking like aquamarine strong contender um get some more jake slash evan content on the pod yeah so just please remember to do that and don't forget to follow us on instagram at abc's greek podcast and on tiktok at the same same handle and don't forget to interact too we love that we like the controversy. Like like we said last time, people like Jordan. Interesting. We love all perspectives here. We find it fascinating. Invigorating. I also had a dream. I have to tell you both. I was going to text you, but I decided just to wait till we were recording. I had a dream last night that we got a one-star review. And it <gasps> was a nightmare. Yeah, truly, I should yeah, I should have introduced it as a nightmare, but I woke <laughs> up like in a sweat. I was literally in my dream like nightmare I was like holding my phone and it was a not only a one-star review but it was a one-star review with like a a long comment and it was so upsetting oh god all right well let's get into it let's put we'll put our negative self-talk behind us um season don't don't make our dreams our realities yeah Season two, episode 21, Tailgate Expectations. The original air date for the episode was June 8th, 2009. It was directed by Tim Matheson and written by Patrick Sean Smith and Kenny and Michael Burns. The IMDb summary for the episode is the houses are paired against each other in a float building contest. Perfect. Perfect level of short and sweet. Great. Well, we open with lots of Titan fanfare. Um, we're on the quad, and Ashley and Casey are walking, and Ashley is like gushing about this being her first homecoming with Fisher. She's very excited about that, and Casey is um still being like pouty girl about Max not being home, but she says it's less than a week until he's back. So I guess next episode, is next episode the finale? I think it is, yeah. Wow, okay, so Mr. Max will be back. But also I'm like, even if Max was here, I feel like he is not a homecoming participant. And he's a grad student. Yeah, that would be a little weird. I mean, I guess, like, I don't know. I feel like if I went to grad school, maybe I would, like, buy a sweatshirt for homecoming and, like, maybe have some popcorn on the sidelines. yeah. I guess it's different if, like, you're still, like, dating an undergrad, but I just don't think he would really want to go. Um, But who knows? Maybe he would, maybe he would um, take a Fisher approach. Like, we'll see. It was a bit strange that Casey was saying, like, how much homecoming reminded her of Max. Maybe she just, like, wanted someone with her, but I was like, wait. She, She wants to be Justin Bieber one less lonely girl, really, is the vibe. True. While Casey and Ashley are walking through the quad, the blue crew like runs through, they're painted in blue uh, with like CRU written all over them. And Casey and Ashley are not amused by this. Um, It's a little too much. Now we're at like the Panhellenic meeting or like student Panhellenic meeting. Evan and Cappy bump into each other and They do like a little like jabbing at each other and little insults. And then Evan kind of looks confused at Cappy and he whispers, just keeping up appearances, which love. It's, you know what? It's giving Ashley and Fisher hooking up in the pantry. It is honestly the exact same parallel. Yeah. Yeah. And then Casey and Cappy look at each other intensely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they don't interact but th- and they don't even say hi um they just look at each other after you know it's hard to come back from the conversation of Cappy saying you're perfect and um 
Casey leaving. So Evan starts the meeting and we see look who's made it, the Ickies. They are official. They are part of Panhellenic now. And Franny immediately just like starts running the meeting. And she's announcing the float contest at homecoming. Um, She's also announcing that, of course, Evan's father donated money for the float contest which i'm just like we'll get into like the financial discussion later but if you want to talk about not being able to be trusted with money donating it to a float contest at a college i never understand why people give money to like their old fraternities or sororities or even their colleges i know you have the disposable income to spare on like donations i think i can think of a lot more worthy causes i think we should take the trust fund away from evan's dad (laughs) i agree I think that would be the smart move. He's he's not responsible. Also, CRU, like, those kids are paying top dollar. Yeah, and the prize money, or the money, the donation, isn't it being turned into a prize then just to give back to the winning house? Oh, he donated the prize money? I thought he, like, I don't even know. I didn't even understand what the donation was for. It's unclear. I don't know if he donated the prize money. I'm sure that was part of it. I don't think so. I think that's coming from the school. But like inadvertently, it's still probably coming from the chambers is. I think, but yeah, true. I think the donation was for all of the Greek houses to have a budget to build a float. Got it. And then the prize was from the school, whoever wins. Right. Um, because we'll get we'll get into why. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But so anyway, then she's like, oh, and you know what? Like we're all being partnered with uh different houses. Um, and you know, I just did it randomly, like I just drew names. So, oh, look at that. The Ickies are with Omega Kai. And then everybody is opening, like l- she put the, them in little folders, like bid day. <laughs> And everybody's opening their little folder and um, Casey and Ashley see that they have KT and they look across the table at Cappy and Cappy gets up and storms out. He's emo. He's being so emo. He is not handling this well. He's not over. No, Casey's not handling it well either, but Cappy's in his feels. So he storms out and he goes to the KT house where they're having a candlelight vigil. It's really sad. Well, Um, in the beginning, when he walks into that scene, did you say this, that Evan said, are you dressed for a funeral? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said, yeah, "Yeah, for a close friend. (laughs) So he is dressed like he's going to a vigil that we find out. Pickle is crying. They're mourning Vesuvius, the party volcano little late i know like a season and a half later but pickle's still really sad he's taking it the hardest and rusty of course takes this opportunity we should rebuild let's rebuild we just gotta rebuild guys like rusty it's a vigil read the room show some respect (laughs) put some respect on vesuvius's name and cappy and beaver both shut it down immediately and they say they don't have the money and rusty so Here's my logic with the budgeting. So Rusty points out that if they win the float contest, they would have enough money. And the winning prize money is $2,000. And so those floats that they made cost way more than $2,000. So that's why I think Evan's dad donated the money for all of the houses to have a budget to build a float. That makes sense. I I understand that logic. Because when you look at the floats, you're like, there's no way. They just built this yeah it's worth way more than two thousand dollars but if they already had that lying around enough to put into a float then they would just build Vesuvius however that logical consistency doesn't usually play to this show's strength so I would be surprised if that's the truth too like I wouldn't be surprised if like it was just like giving the two thousand and ignoring the fact that those floats are like you know should belong in Disneyland well we'll go with what I said okay Because Evan's parents definitely donated, and I think they would donate more than $2,000. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I don't disagree. They probably did donate more than 2K. I'm just saying that, like, I thought maybe the 2K was also them. But that's another, I, who knows? Who cares? Somebody no. send us, like, a pivot table, <laughs> uh, uh, a breakdown of what you think happened with the donation. But this episode really does, like, focus on what is the, the Chambers family fortune? Like, I know. How much money do these? Is it Murdoch level? Like, what is it? It can't be more. More than Murdoch? No way. Oh my God. I was thinking of the family that murdered people. (laughs) I was like, they're rich, but I don't think they're like the richest of the land. You were thinking Murdoch. (laughs) Yeah. Murdoch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Honestly. Evan's dad well, that's what I've been saying dead. I've been saying it's <laughs> like yeah well that's why I'm wondering like is it that much because like the more we see of them and the more they talk about their money the more I'm like maybe it really is that much Chambers yeah. International it, it has international in the name they're global <laughs> okay well anyway finances aside so Rusty puts it to a vote everyone in favor of making a float that's good enough to save Vesuvius um and most of Kappa Tau agrees and Cappy's like annoyed because he doesn't well it's really that he doesn't want to build a float with the um ZBZs but he obviously can't say that because nobody really knows about the embarrassing I mean not embarrassing confession but I'm sure he's embarrassed about it and so he says great Rusty our new float chair enjoy and like leaves Rusty there alone which first of all I'm sure Rusty's thrilled to be a chair of anything but he leaves him there with Heath and he's like you know what I'll help and I love that old reliable Heath yeah this scene did you notice the scene ended really abruptly though it was kind of weird like he offers to help him and then they blow out the candles together and it's giving like they're kind of flirting a little bit (laughs) Make a wish. Oh, I just felt like this episode was kind of choppy. Like, there's a lot of really short scenes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was just a quick edit. It was giving rent. Like, will you light the candle? Yeah, it was so giving rent. <laughs> <laughs> it was really giving Mimi and Roger big time. <laughs> so now we're at the ZBZ house. And it's the next day and Ash is complaining to Casey about their float partners. And she's saying, you know, I like the KTs. They're all great guys, but they are very hard to work with. And Casey is like laying on the floor doodling a float design. And Casey says she thinks she wants to sit this one out. Um, and maybe Betsy can do it since she, she's social chair. And Ashley is like, no can do. Like she wants a win here but more specifically she wants an icky loss she's saying the ickies cannot win their first contest out of the gate that would set a bad precedent um and so casey needs to step up to the plate and do this for her the zbz's and herself (laughs) even though her tree and her float design looks like a broccoli i like burst out laughing when they're talking about betsy i mean this is so mean but ashley goes oh please the only float she makes involves ice cream and vodka (laughs) i know and that's not even really or alcoholic root beer floats a thing sounds actually kind of good sounds kind of good it sounds like disgusting could be like intriguing it depends how much you could taste the alcohol. I feel like it would lead, regardless how it tastes, it would lead to a stomach ache. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it would be good if it was a root beer float with a rum, not vodka. Not vodka. Yeah, like a dark rum. It, it feels like it's something that like somebody would order like fresh out of breaking out of the Mormon church. Since, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> In Breaking Amish, like when they go <laughs> yeah. to their first bar, that would totally be a drink one of them gets at like the Rainforest Cafe in Times Square or something. Right. Yeah, or like Epcot. Well, especially because in Utah, they love the um, soda with creamer, which not going to lie, I had one today and it was really good. I put um, some of my cookie butter nut pod into, <laughs> into a, a Diet Pepsi and it was so good. It just tastes like basically like root beer float that sounds good I love I love like a creamy soda of some sort yeah what oh I 
I'm just putting two and two together. I love cream soda, first of it's, all. Yeah, it's cream soda. Yeah. Effectively. With dairy. <laughs> cream soda add dairy. <laughs> <laughs> I love dairy. Let it be known. This podcast is a dairy safe zone. <laughs> we are sponsored by the milk. <laughs> big big udder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the scene. <laughs> okay, well, so Casey's like, you're right. I have to do this. So now we're at the Omega Kai house. And Evan is trying to put Calvin in charge of building the float because he says gay guys love floats and calvin calvin has to deal with so much he's just like what like obviously he's offended by this he's like that doesn't even make sense and also i hate franny so i don't want to work with the ickies on this but he gets roped into it because evan's parents show up in the house and he's like oh you know calvin he just agreed to be our float chair mr and mrs chambers i don't know their name mim and john i yeah. think it's john mim and john are being like really white right now like the, it's giving get out their energy and mim asks evan he goes are you and franny still or she goes are you and franny still I don't even know what she's implying. Engaged? Still together? No, she just like is, like really wants them to reconcile. Yeah, I think oh. she goes they broke up, but I think it's like yeah. maybe there's a chance homecoming with homecoming in the air. Oh, because she, uh, she's a Franny stan. I'm sure they're texting about the visit. They're definitely still texting. I'm sure Franny was the one that got them to donate the money. Yeah, Franny's in her Mimcore era. <laughs> and so am I. Just kidding. <laughs> Evan's like, you guys are in a good mood and it's suspicious. But then they like leave to go do whatever like campusy thing they're going to do. Give money to the public safety officers. I don't know what they're, they have up their sleeve. Like, anyone who doesn't deserve it will be getting Literally. <laughs> Evan kind of has like a hot dad. What yeah, is he in? We've talked about him. He's the dad. He's the resident mean dad. He's the dad in um, Cinderella's story. Oh, right. Yeah. Michael Murray's dad. I'm not giving up my dream, dad. I'm giving up yours. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I have this thought. I think probably just because we were raised, like, watching his movies. Like, I feel like anytime someone tells me they're, like, in an age gap relationship with someone older, like an older man, like, my mind always imagines, like, a man that looks like this man. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Do you know what I mean though? Raised on John Chambers. <laughs> <laughs> no, anytime that I hear somebody say that, I think of like a truly decrepit looking man. Yeah, same. I think of like Anna Nicole Smith and that really old guy. Yeah, or like a Randall from Vanderpump. <laughs> yeah, it's like a pile of sludge. And... Yeah, <laughs> like literally just like the Mucinex man. <laughs> So now Rusty and Heath are brainstorming for their float and Heath pitches the theme after Rusty says like Romeo and Juliet and Heath well, pitches the theme is love through the ages. Yeah, sorry. It's love. The overarching theme is love through the ages. Rusty pitches Romeo and Juliet. Heath pitches Jennifer Love Hewitt as the theme. Through the uh, ages. <laughs> yeah, which is so funny. And also something I totally would have done in high school. I actually did work on my float in high school for homecoming. <laughs> did y'all ever do a float? No, never. No, I've never had the opportunity to work on a float. Oh, I just lied to your face. I actually did do a float, but it was for um, adventure guides or something. Some like fake Girl Scouts I used to do with my dad. It was like dads and daughters instead of like <laughs> regular Girl Scouts. And we made a float, but it was the dads getting, like, hyper-competitive. Wait, so you're telling me <laughs> I'm the only one on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, wasn't wasn't emotionally prepared for this. Well, and, you know what? And, and until, like, 60 seconds ago, Thomas was the only one that had built a float, so. I know, and I was feeling really good about it. It was like, it's a Colorado <laughs> thing. <laughs> but now <laughs> it's a west because i'm a loser 
I feel like we took away different things from Jacqueline's story. I'm like still hung up on like the Kroger offshoot brand Girl Scouts. <laughs> the Wish brand with your dads where they just sit around and get like hammered and the girls get lost in the woods. That was it. Oh, well, my dad would have never wanted to go do that. We're, we aren't a wilderness fun. family. Yeah, the camping wasn't tenuous. It, it was more about like the dads gathering and the girls like getting in like ridiculous fights and the dads not knowing how to mediate at all. Yeah, we tried to go camping once with our church, which wasn't even like we weren't religious and it wasn't even his church. Like it was my mom's. <laughs> <laughs> he was like trying to get us involved and like be with the kids and we last maybe 45 minutes once we zipped up that tent he said apparently a dog barked and I was like we're out of here (laughs) (laughs) I was also afraid of dogs when I was a kid (laughs) important note to the story anyway back to the KT house so now Casey shows up with her sketch with the broccoli um and it's of uh the garden of Eden and Rusty is like very keen to shut it down and then Cappy comes over and he is like very lackluster he suggests Bert and Ernie and then leaves which not a bad idea oh my gosh and do you think is this more proof of queer coding between Evan and Cappy since Bert and Ernie I did not draw that line at all but now now that I'm reading it back because love through the ages Bert and Ernie okay common law married okay Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that, but I am all about the queer coding. So yes. Yeah, I think it was. Now we have hard evidence. Ashley and Rebecca are making tissue paper flowers in the ZBZ house and Fisher arrives. So Ashley asked Fisher how he's celebrating homecoming. And um, he says he's more of an internal spirit guy. Um, also, it's good to see him back. I feel like he's been out of the episodes for a few episodes, so it's nice to have him here. And he's like, you know what? I'll just catch up with you after the game. And Ashley's kind of upset. Like, we get the idea that she wants him more involved. Rebecca's just kind of, like, eavesdropping as she's making the tissue paper flowers and blows her nose into one. <laughs> and Ashley's like, I saw you do that. Which I'm like, why would Rebecca try I don't know so then that scene ends and now Rusty and Heath are looking for a truck for their float at the resident float truck rental place and Heath is saying you know he really wants this this float to be his legacy and he's like you know I just don't really like I'm not really known for anything in this house except for he says Except for something and liking guys. I forgot what the first thing was. He definitely said two things. And he says, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm the only guy in the house without a nickname, which is sad. And then we get one of, I think, like one of my favorite jokes in the series so far. Rusty says, "Um, well, what about Wade? And Heath goes, freshman year, he couldn't swim. He's just so what's Wade's real name? Said Wade. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect joke. No notes. So they pick out a truck and then they go in to go pay for it. And Evan is there, um, you know, writing a check for the Omega Chi Icky float. And Brainy's like, are you sure it's okay? With a huge smile on her face. Also, I'm like, but I thought we had a budget. Whatever. Uh, Clearly, they can add to the budget. I guess that's not against the rules. And Rusty and Heath, um, they kind of have like a bit of a standoff. And Franny says to give her condolences to Casey. And then they walk away. They saunter away. So then um, Rusty and Heath get to the checkout. And they find out, this part I was confused about, they found out that Evan took the truck that they were going to use, but, like, aren't they all fair game? Like, I don't think that, like, there were many that could, like, pull that kind of float or something. Like, that's how they made it sound later. Yeah, but, like, wouldn't you just get there? Like, I don't know. They seem to think that they had dibs on this truck. Yeah. I think they called and reserved it. Like, they mentioned called and reserved it at one point. Oh, and then the guy said that Evan paid twice. Yeah, yes. that much. So, what are you gonna do? Tough times when you're a float rental salesman. 
Yeah, I would take the money. Yeah. Yeah, and this was like still a recession era. Relatable. Relatable. And then, so now we have kind of like a quick scene. We're back at Capital, and she's there. Casey is there to work on the float. And it's just kind of still like really tense and awkward with Cappy. He's kind of just ignoring her and like glaring at her anytime he has the opportunity. And Rusty returns and basically says they can't, they like they couldn't get the truck that they wanted. And Casey's like, well, we don't need like that specific truck. Just get anything. Like we need something with wheels. And Rusty, of course, is like, no, we need the specific type of truck that can actually carry the entire float. Rusty wants a 20-foot flatbed. That sounds huge. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you even get that much tissue paper? Yeah, he wants, it's like, like, Rose Bowl float status. He wants, like, a tour bus. <laughs> and now we're inside the ZBZ kitchen, and Ashley's just, like, kind of moseying through the kitchen, and she hears rumblings in the pantry, and she gets spooked, and she's like, Fisher... And then you hear Fisher's voice and he's freaked out and like he is doing something in there that she's kind of suspicious of. And she's like, let me inside. Like, I want to see what's going on in there. I think Ashley's maybe thinking that he might be like cheating on her or like stealing food, maybe. Stealing food again. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's a little weird. That It's a little weird how they both get like so scared, even though it seems like he's pretty regularly in there. Well, just the way, like, the door shut really fast when someone came in, that's, like, and then it was, like, the handle was jiggling and stuff. Like, it was just really weird. Yeah, I guess that's true. And then she opens the door, and we see that Fisher is a blue guy, like, one of the crazy... He's part of the blue crew. He's part of the blue crew, the blue man crew. Oh, my God, I'm an idiot. I just got that it's blue crew, like, C-R-U. Oh, wait, I did too, (laughs) where it's, like, crew is C-R-U. Yes. And blue crew. That's right, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's kind of funny. Damn, the show is too smart for me. Same. Not me. (laughs) You got it? I know, but... (laughs) But you would have. (laughs) Yeah, but if I thought about it a little bit longer, maybe. (laughs) So... Fisher tells her that he was embarrassed to tell Ashley because of the way that she was basically talking shit about Blue Crew and how like she was like that's they're so annoying and you know always causing a ruckus which in her defense they kind of are. So now the ZBZs and KTs are working on the float and this is like the evening scene right where everyone's kind of in the backyard. Yeah. And so, like, Jordan is there, Ashley's there, Rebecca's there, and... It's like, you can see them just antagonizing the girls. Yeah, and they're not really doing anything. Like, they're kind of just, like, making it more difficult for the ZBCs to actually finish anything on the float. Yeah, like, Ben Bennett is pretending some of the pom-poms are boobs. It's distasteful. It is distasteful. Don't expect anything more from Ben Bennett. I know. I'm like not really a Ben Bennett stan, I'll be honest. No, me either. I, yeah, I'm the same way. I, yeah. I think he would have been disruptive in class growing up and I was never a fan of the disruptive kids. And in not the funny way, like, you know, the people that you had to kind of laugh because it was actually funny in the way we were like, shut up. I'm trying to learn actually yeah I didn't find what he was doing here particularly charming at all and so Ashley's like complaining to Casey she's like we need to figure out a way to get the KT's attention so that like they will actually get on board and like start working on the float and then Casey gets like an idea and she gets up in front of everyone and she goes hey everybody who wants to see Rebecca's boobs and then Rebecca's like this was your idea and then the, it, this is like such a weird scene they, then like nobody really responds like nobody wants to and why are they making I feel like this is like a running theme now that like nobody sees Rebecca sexually like after all the guys walked away when she and Casey kiss I don't even so get it weird. it's so weird I really didn't like this scene and Rebecca feels kind of like dejected and sad and she's like what like she gets kind of defensive about it. And then Casey then offers, like, she basically suggests, like, who wants to see Ashley's boobs? And then that gets everyone's attention. And she goes, so now that I have your attention. So once again, we're, what year did this episode come out? Was it still 2008? 
2009. It's arguably worse. This all feels very 2009. Mm -hmm. And then, so then now everyone's attention is on Casey and she gives this pep talk. You know, it's very Casey Cartwright. And she's like, what do we want to raise money for? And then they're like Vesuvius. And so she kind of just gets everybody in the right headspace to, you know, make the float. (laughs) Yeah, but they keep... Uh, like she's like rallying them and she's like how are we gonna make the money and away goes charging people to see ashley's boobs yeah like it's Come just on. these jokes are really really wait is kind of a sex pest this episode he is wait thomas what were you gonna say I was just going to say these jokes like aged so poorly. Were they good then? You just wouldn't have thought about them then. And honestly, I probably like this. Oh gosh, hope I don't get myself canceled. But like, I wouldn't think that much of it if I wasn't writing about it. Do you know what I mean? If I wasn't writing down every single thing they said, like the scene, I would have been like, oh, that's distasteful. But I wouldn't have thought much of everything they said in it. Cancel Jacqueline. That was Jacqueline. If you're canceling it, anyone, that's Jacqueline. Well, I feel like <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, what I'm saying is you're giving it a yeah. better look than you normally would have. So right. you're realizing like how bad it actually is. Right. And again, it's just that's Jacqueline. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm yeah. kidding. You, I'm kidding. When you've lived through this era and then I think you're watching it at such a distance, it's like almost like you kind of see it for what it is in the era a little bit. Yeah. Not that it makes it any better. When, when you're above the trees, I see this for what it is, as Taylor Swift would say. Exactly. Oh wow. Happiness. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, weight is extremely inappropriate this episode. And we're going to see a little bit more of that later. But um, now we're at this scene in Dobblers where Evan and his dad are like, ordering beer his dad walks in and goes barkeep barkeep yes that was the most notable barkeep two of your tap beers literally like okay i'm sure they have multiple things on tap for one also what are you gaston (laughs) now okay now this is giving (laughs) murder yeah Barkeep. Barkeep. So weird. And he was like, I've been waiting so long to have a beer with my son. It's so weird. Yeah. We went from one weird scene to another. And it's also just weird to see like a dad at Dobblers. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Also, just like Evan's dad has such sinister energy. Like Evan has to keep checking with him that something isn't wrong because he's so happy, and like he actually doesn't seem that happy. So that no, he's like, it seems level. <laughs> should we should we make merch that says "Dads for Dobblers"? That's good. I think we should. We would we would make so much money. <laughs> <laughs> imagine how much money we personally would actually lose trying to make merch would you guys darwin, buy merch darwin lied merch if you oh would buy God. merch we would, we would somehow need to get like abc family slash disney on board which might be a little bit difficult i don't know etsy sellers get away with that shit That's oh true. you're right i guess if we make it podcast specific perhaps i don't know is the name casey trademarked yeah PC with a C. <laughs> so now Evan's dad is just giving him a bunch of compliments and like really talking about how proud he is of Evan, but kind of in like a weird way that feels kind of, you know, fake. And Evan asks his dad, like, is having a bunch of money ever weird for you? Like, you know, do you ever feel like you have to pick up the check or give someone money and because he's like because you have so much more than everyone else yeah and then especially when like valid and yeah i think that's actually like probably a good conversation to have if you're a billionaire yeah i guess most people probably don't need to have this kind of conversation with their dad but for evan yes it's important it also seems like something that like perhaps you would be like talking about with your son for a really long time if you knew you were giving him this much money before his frontal lobe fully developed like like you'd think you'd be having conversations like leading into your adult life of like okay like you know we're more well off than other it's like seems like 
Evan woke up one day and realized he was rich and then had to deal with it. Yeah, it's almost as though he won the lottery or something. Yeah. I also think a lot of this conversation is because of um, when Patrick came to visit. Like, I think that's the main focus. And, like, he's feeling weird about the loan that he gave Patrick, a quote-unquote loan. Like, Evan, you are never getting that money back. <laughs> yeah, and you're that, probably that not getting a Christmas gift from Patrick either. That was not a loan. That was literally just giving him fifty thousand oh, dollars. Yeah, that was a handout. But he says that he says like this is about Franny and his brothers and Patrick. Yeah, I know. Because uh, the dad. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, I think a lot of it isn't like just being like, oh, this is like weird. I've never thought about money. I think a lot of it is being like, oh, now that it's happening and people are legitimately like crawling all over me for money like I think that's what he's saying is weird yeah what I'm just saying is like I would have thought they would have already been having conversations like this wouldn't be the first time that something like this would come up like they would you know what I mean it just seemed like weird they they've never discussed the implications of their wealth yeah wait till you're at Dobbler's where the barkeep is present (laughs) and basically barkeep is present and the tap is on (laughs) Yeah, the dad takes note of this information about Patrick and Franny, mostly about Patrick. And he also kind of says, like, he doesn't have an issue with it. And it just takes, like, maturity. It's a skill that comes with maturity, which skill. I is skill with holding money from others. <laughs> also, it's like, maybe just pay. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe just if you do have all this money, maybe just pay then. Yeah, like, when he was complaining about picking up the check, I was like, you know maybe you just put down your card sometimes in this economy (laughs) in that economy and this economy we need more evan chambers out here paying for everyone hey evan chambers come pay for me to work on a float so i'm not left out anymore exactly we should get a float for um the (laughs) macy's date parade just for our podcast ABC's a Greek float. <laughs> the plain white tees perform on it. Oh my God. And everybody is like, what? Actually, no, literally, those floats are so out of pocket. I don't even think anyone would blink an eye. Like, no one would be like, what is ABC's a no. Greek podcast? And why are the plain white tees on it? They would just be like, yeah, that tracks that came right after the pop tarp float with the john and kate plus eight cast like yeah, it would not just, be confusing i think you just need like a sponsor or like a ton of money and you can get a float in that parade <laughs> who would our sponsor be oh my oh, god our sponsor milk. would <laughs> got milk ink the dairy the dairy committee or whatever i think that is an actual thing milk. yeah got milk <laughs> After we after we plugged them so generously early earlier on. Um, from, from the creators of the Got Milk campaign. <laughs> we present the ABCs of Greek float. Um and we all have milk mustaches. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, moving along. Back to the episode. So Heath and Rusty have returned to the Capitao backyard. And they've been like running around trying to find a truck and there's still shit out of luck there. And so Rusty's giving Casey this weird look about like the float. Like he's kind of like not impressed with it. And Casey tells Rusty like, do not change anything on the float. Cause she knows that he's always up to no good with this kind of stuff. And he's going to ruin it if he does. And then when Casey leaves, Heath asks Rusty, he's like, do you think this float can really win? And Rusty's like, no. And then Heath's like, but we promised Casey we wouldn't change it. And Rusty says, we promised we wouldn't change it, but that doesn't mean we can't improve it. That's a change. Yeah, that is a supposed to be smart and logical. That is a serious change, Rusty. So I immediately think they're going to destroy the float. I know, same. Especially after hearing their ideas. Even the Jennifer Love Hewitt idea was cute. Yeah, but it already looks good. Yeah, it looks great. It's super cute. And it honestly looks exactly like her sketch. So impressive. And then Casey walks inside and she sees Cappy kind of drunkenly going upstairs with a girl. And, but it kind of looks like, it doesn't really look like they're like going to hook up. It kind of looks like he's just kind of walking her up the stairs. No. Really? I thought that, like, it looked like he was helping her out and she was really drunk. Like, it was not romantic looking at all. 
Oh, I just thought he was saying she was like, I'm a cheerleader and he, oh, he, I didn't he was hear like, maybe it. you can show me some of your moves. Oh, you know what? I didn't hear what they were saying. I just yeah. like, saw what they, them walking. And they were just like, walking really slowly. They I were think. walking in a way that I was like, they're like, she's hammered. And he's like, help, like holding her up. But maybe I just yeah. like, maybe it's because it was slowed down. I think these were just two actors who were given the direction, like act drunk, but walk really slowly up the stairs so we can like have enough time to show Casey react. Yeah, yeah, that could definitely be it. You know, and then I think that's where like all the, that's why we're having all these interpretations because it was, it happened so slowly. Yeah. I didn't hear what they said. I didn't hear the cheerleader thing. I didn't notice that line either. I could see where you were coming from it, but now that I hear that line, I, because he seemed drunk too. So now we're at the next morning and the ZBZs come outside to see the float and Rusty has like set up this big curtain around it. So Casey's immediately freaking out. And then Rusty kind of unveils the float and we have like this animatronic moving Eden. I guess it's it's kind of like the same float, but now they have like these birds that are flying around and it, it looks good. It does it's, look pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. It's straight out of Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, it, it is looking very Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, Casey is really excited and she's like, this actually looks amazing. She's like, I'm really pissed at you. And also it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> So then the truck kind of just like uh, peters out and stops working or like the the animatronics stop working and it's kind of sad and Rusty's like, oh, well, we're using, you know, the generator from the car and like we need XYZ generator for this to actually work. And Casey's like, yeah, that's a major problem. Like, why didn't you think of that earlier? And she kind of goes back into pissed Casey mode. But he says that he and Heath are going to go get it. So Heath and Rusty are going to get that generator and meet her at the um, at the tailgate. So she's going to be driving the float there alone. That's Got it. So she's driving the float to the tailgate on like the more kind of like less powerful car. Right. Also like not to be misogynistic, but send a guy with her too. Don't just make a girl go do that alone. Really just like don't make her go alone at all. Like it's so sad how everyone just like leaves her alone. Like the entire group just like. Right. Yeah. They just put it all on her. And she's already feeling so isolated. Yeah. The group as a group of empaths, they should have realized that. Yeah. KTs are notorious empaths and they should have known. (laughs) So Casey is like left alone. And I was also looking at it too, like how the hell is she going to get this float out of the backyard? I don't know. The logistics went up here. (laughs) We're just like not allowed to think about the backyard aspect of it. (laughs) They don't want us thinking much about the logistics there ever. No, they, they really don't. So now we're in Omega Chi and Evan's parents come to talk to him and they say they're concerned with uh, after the conversation he had with the dad at Dobbler's, it's really made them think about like, is Evan ready to handle this much money at once? And they decide that they like, don't think he's ready. But he does say, he's like, I don't get it. I held up my end of the agreement And they said that that talk with the dad realized that they overestimated his ability to handle this like amount of money. But like, it was the one time, it's so sad, the one time he confides in his father, it's like used against him. I know. It's like a big, big bummer. Yeah. They're like, your obligation to share is concerning. I know. And wasn't his only part of the bargain really just to not get married? And to like- Go to law school, keep up his grades. Keep the chamber's name in good publicity. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, Ashley, who is wearing this super cute, like, homecoming outfit. I mean, she, the funny thing is that she's kind of dressed like a Smurf. <laughs> Did y'all pick up on that? Like, she's, it's like very, like, 70s. Smurfette. She's, like, she's dressed like a Smurfette in a cute way. And she has, like, this cute beret and, like, her hair is in braids. And Ashley asks Rebecca to go get food from Casey's car. But Rebecca spots this blue on Ashley's neck. And she's like, oh, my God, are you cheating on Fisher with one of the blue crew? Because if you are, I'll take him. Because Rebecca still is crushing on Fisher. And that's when Ashley confides in her and tells Rebecca, 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 that Fisher (laughs) um, is part of the blue crew and really wants her to also dress up and like be like a blue crew groupie and Rebecca is like 
So you'd be a cheerleader of a cheerleader. Yeah, and she's like, actually, I'm not interested in him anymore. They're treating his, like, his participation in the Blue Crew as, like, a fetish that Ashley is being asked to indulge in. Like, he's saying, yeah, like, he really wants me to dress up with him. He wants us to share this experience together. Like, And then when he talks about it with her later, that's how they talk about it. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird the way they're describing it. But it is funny that Rebecca's like, oh, you actually can have him. It's fine. So now we're at the tailgate and it looks like a blast. Like there are thousands, millions of people there for the big game. And the KT booth is just like a complete mess. As you can imagine, the float has not arrived yet. And Rusty's calling Casey, being like, you know, where are you? When are you going to get here? And Casey's, we see her driving with the float, I guess, attached to this sort of weak truck she has. And there are weird noises coming from the truck. And there's like smoke kind of billowing out from the back. And all of a sudden, the truck breaks down. And Casey kind of just like has a little bit of a meltdown in the car, as anyone would who would have this happen to them. And then if things start to get even more messy at the tailgate, like, Wade is dressed, oh, I guess, I guess I forgot to describe earlier also that Wade is Adam, like he's playing Adam in the float um, in Eden. So he's literally just wearing a fig leaf, nothing under apparently. Yeah. And we learn that now because it's kind of windy and his fig leaf blows off of him. And so he like hugs into Rusty because he lost his front fig leaf. So because Rusty is like so grossed out and kind of thrown off by this. Rusty like kind of nervously like puts his phone down to kind of like get away from Wade a little bit. Yeah. And then that's when we also see the Omega Chi float and it's Anthony and Cleopatra and Franny's like super proud of it. And she's standing with Calvin and she asks Rusty where their float is. And Rusty and Jordan is also here in this moment. And she's like, Jordan and Rusty are sort of having a standoff between Franny and Calvin, mainly Franny. And Jordan's like, oh, it's late, you know, because we had to add like extra stuff to it. And well, Franny's like, well, let's see, like, let me show you what our flow can do. And she starts pushing buttons on this remote. And basically like the Anthony and Cleopatra animatronically start kissing. And like Calvin's kind of like joining Franny in this kind of standoff, like, yeah, we're so much better. But then Franny admits that they hired a hydraulics professor to build it. Yeah. And Calvin's like, what? You lied to me. Like, you told me that you did this. And he says he thought a girl in the icky house built it. All right, Calvin. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a stretch. He thought Beth was out there building it. Yeah, Joan. 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 Was Joan. Joan was responsible for this, clearly. And... So Calvin apologizes to Rusty and that's when Rusty realizes because Rusty's like, okay, well, we need to get our float here. And he realizes he doesn't have his phone. And of course, Casey's like trying to call him from the broken down car, but it just goes right to mailbox. And then his mailbox is full. Also, um, Jordan, when Franny walks away, she's like, I want to hit her so badly, which I'm like, okay, relatable, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan is a lot more like easy to be around this episode. And mm-hmm. last episode. She's barely in it. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, also, Rusty would be the kind of person who has a mailbox that's full. I know. Yeah. The way he puts his phone down too, like it's it feels very like weirdly intentional. Like he was trying to make it look like an accident, but it's like, what? How did that happen? I thought he broke it at first. Like I, think I know. He like squ- well, I think because Wade was just squishing him. I get it. I think he was having sensory overload. <laughs> somebody who is always having sensory overload. I understand. Yeah, I mean, it was a really yeah. uncomfortable position that Wade put Rusty in. Yeah. Wade. Wade the sex pest. Um, <laughs> so Casey, we see Casey now and she's on the side of the road and she's like, has been, you know, anxiously calling Rusty and he's not answering. So then we see her make a phone call to someone else and we don't know who it is, but we have a feeling. Yeah. So then, not Max. It's certainly not Max in England across the pond. So <laughs> then, Keith is asking Rusty like his thoughts on the float. Like, do they really think they can beat Omega Kai? 
And Rusty said, well, only if Casey gets here on time. Where is she? I don't know. Call her. Yeah. So uh, that's when Wade comes up with Rusty's phone. And he says he found it on the table and used it to cover himself when he lost his fig leaf. And he goes, thank God it was a flip phone. And that's when Rusty has it pressed to his cheek. So then he gets all of the messages from Casey and he tells Heath that, you know, the truck broke down and Heath is like, oh, it's over. And Rusty's like, don't worry about it. Like, you'll have another legacy besides Vesuvius. And Heath is like, no, actually, I'm I won't. I'm graduating early, which this shocks Rusty. And Heath says, because I think everyone thinks Heath is kind of not so smart. Mm -hmm. Find out that he's actually book smart, just not so, you know, street smart. So he's actually going to start medical school in the fall, he says. And that's when Ashley comes up and asks where Casey is. And she's like, we can't let the Ickies win. And uh, we can tell now that Rusty's thinking of his scheme. So wheels are turning in his brain. He can't let let Heath go down without a legacy. Mm -hmm. So... We see who Casey called. It was, in fact, Cappy, and he's looking on the in the hood of the truck, and she's, like, trying to apologize for not listening to their agreement, but her apology is really, like, a string of excuses. Yeah. She's like, I'm so sorry, but also, you were the only person I could get a hold of, and the only one that I knew wasn't drinking, and he was like, well, did you call Auto Club? Which I'm guessing is, like, AAA. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're talking about. Like, like it's like a triple A. And she admits that she forgot to call. And he goes, okay, well, let me get this straight. You have an auto club membership, but you didn't call them. Like all of this different stuff he's listing off, all the different things she could have done, but she ended up calling him. Hmm. And she is like, so like, she, obviously we all know why she called him, but she can't admit it to herself. And he goes, uh, so out of all these things, like you chose to call me, even though you know I don't know anything about cars. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. At the tailgate, the scheme is taking place, and Ashley is like, Ashley and Heath are stealing beer. All the, all of them are stealing beer. From like, like these mini kegs. Mini kegs. And then eventually we start to see some like larger kegs. Like we see one. But then we hone in on this conversation between Evan and Rebecca. I love these two Nepo babies, like, confiding. I know. And he is telling her about his parents, and apparently they are freezing his trust for six months and making him see a therapist. Okay, honestly, like, yeah, fine punishment. I, not even punishment. I think that's a great idea, actually. I totally agree, but it's also so funny because he does say he's like, okay, and this is what he needed maybe six months prior when the guy was spiraling and like losing his car and, you know, whatever. But now he actually seems a little bit more stable. However, I I don't think it can hurt, but he does say like, yeah, what am I supposed to tell the therapist? Sorry, I keep giving my money away to people or something (laughs) like that. Um. So he thinks this is ridiculous and she tells Evan that like her dad actually had made her see a therapist because he thought that she was a shopaholic and he was like, oh, well, what happened? And she says, well, I was, but I was buying clothes, you know, to get my dad's attention or like to feel like I was buying his love and. Or buying to, um, it wasn't buy his love. She was saying, um, to get back at her dad for treating her like a prop right so they have a lot in common and they're very sweet but as they're having this conversation heath is rolling another like huge keg by behind them um so casey is like leaning up against the truck and she's offering cappy gum it's so weird like her demeanor in the scene is very strange i think she's just trying to deny that she has feelings for him yeah like to not admit to herself the real reason she always calls him so he's so pissed and he's like it's like there's a tractor beam pulling me towards you like he doesn't understand well he does understand but he's saying like i just don't get why i keep saying yes to you yeah she's really mad she's like i didn't do this on purpose you know i'm sorry i didn't remember about auto club (laughs) and he um 
he says, I just don't want to wonder anymore. I don't want to wonder about what you're doing. I don't want to like think about, you know, I don't want to think about you. I don't want to be a part of like your life basically. Um, but he can't stop participating in her life unless she stops because he just doesn't have that control over himself. And then they have like a very tense moment and they're just going back and forth, going at it. And it's like, they were definitely about to kiss, but then yeah. he's like, stop needing me. And she's like, stop always being there when I need yeah. you. That got me. I thought they were going to kiss. I was I really too. like, oh gosh, this is going to happen now. It, it was really giving the notebook. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote to you. It's not over. It's still not over. Yeah, yeah, it really did feel like that. But then it's broken up like seconds away from a kiss too. Cause she's like standing on her tiptoes, like yelling at him. And then the auto club guy shows up to fix the truck. Yeah, he's just going to tow it. <laughs> yeah. So the blue crew is running out of the tunnel. Fisher slaps Ashley, who isn't blue enough. She's dressed in blue, but she's not painted. And she says it's just not her. She can't be that crazy. And he's like, <laughs> really? Because you know you wear crazy shit all the time and she's like are you making fun of my outfits and he's like no like this is what I liked about you you know your outfits show that you're open and adventurous and he's like kind of like really being heartfelt about this I know but like it, this saying. is important to him it's really important to him and he's like I'm just asking you to keep an open mind we get the feeling that she's gonna agree to be blue <laughs> mm-hmm. um and Heath and Rusty are now watching Franny present the Icky slash Omega Chi float. And Heath is like, I feel kind of bad. Calvin's caught in the crossfires here. And then Rusty uses this as an opportunity to be like, whatever happened between you guys? And Heath says they broke up because he didn't care about sports. No, no, that's... <laughs> That's not what they... No, 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 because I thought it was what you're going to say, because he was like, you know how there's a pitcher and a catcher? Yeah, but that's the joke. That's not why they broke up. Well, no, because he said, I didn't either, and Calvin, that's really important to Calvin. Sports... No, but they're making a joke. Oh. But I get the joke, but I just thought that it was actually... That they're not going to explain on ABC Family. It was like a sexual joke. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Like, he's saying they were both, like, tops or whatever but like i didn't get that because then afterwards he was like i he's joking i think he's having a tongue-in-cheek moment with himself and with himself and rusty doesn't know yeah yeah and i think they had to write that really carefully i'm sure yes i'm sure i'm actually kind of surprised i got that through but i feel like they probably i don't know anyway so basically he's saying they just didn't work out and they weren't uh, compatible they weren't compatible so then we see evan's parents that are also watching this float reveal take place and what happens is rusty has like rigged the hydraulics i'm imagining it's rusty and cleopatra is going in for her kiss with antony and she just keeps going they actually had a lot of sexual innuendos in this episode. Yeah. She just keeps going. And then it does look like she is going down on Antony. And then <laughs> he explodes with, with the beer. Pigs. It with- was a genius scheme. It's this actually a be- really good scheme. Because Franny had let it slip earlier. She was they were like, Oh, that's not allowed that you hired someone to build a float. She's like, That's not true. Just no lewd like innuendos and no like bad words or something like that on the float. So they weren't allowed to do something like that. It's an immediate disqualification. So quick thinking. Evan even kind of looks a little amused. Amused yeah. and confused. He's like, What was that? The KTs are so happy that this happened. Jordan is thrilled and franny is pissed and then evan's parents just like run away like they have and everyone is soaked mind you like evan's parents it look like they've been caught in downpour yeah um, it's like everyone who is standing like close enough to like appreciate the float yeah yeah to really get a good look at those tissue paper flowers and then they're back at omega kai and they're getting ready to like leave and they're like evan you're not ready we have to go to the dean's reception and he says that he's not going with them 
and her mom his mom's like okay well we'll just talk about this later whatever it's fine and he goes no we don't have to talk about it later i don't want the trust fund i don't want it if it's not going to buy me what i want so um which is actual parents real parents who aren't business partners yeah Mm. and so he says all this has brought me is nothing but suspicion and grief and and a nice car and he says i would like to keep that (laughs) (laughs) and his dad is like okay if you want to play this game like his dad it immediately goes like all macho on him which is so like obviously we don't expect anything better but it is so disappointing and evan is like no it's not a game i just am not interested in this anymore and they leave he kind of kicks them out it's like you can go yeah he's like bye later have a safe trip i think this is a rash move as somebody almost uh like approaching 30 in this economy i think i would regret giving up the trust fund oh god yeah i mean it's just such like rich people problems i know i do feel for evan but i'm like dude you have a trust fund well i guess he also is of the mindset that like he can do anything and i i mean and he is gonna go to law school he's gonna make a pretty penny as a lawyer so i guess he's yeah right that he'll be fine but i oh god i would not be able to give that up i don't think i think he's just like also a lifetime of being with these parents it's like you're sick of the string so maybe and he should have just given it never signed the paper like he's had this internal fight for months now like clearly this just was not the best thing for you we'll see how it goes so everyone is thrilled at kt about this like takedown of omega kai and there's a new vesuvius spouting beer Jordan is at they the turn block. the float into it. They turn the float yeah. into a baby Vesuvius, a little baby Vesuvius. And Jordan is at the bar. She says, Seer, you actually won. And Andy had two interceptions, but all anyone can talk about is that prank. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jordan would love prank culture. Yeah. Why also did you even bring up Andy? Like, just say She's everyone. Sick. It's just She's a weird. sicko. She's- yeah not only does she bring him up but she like kind of like shits on him she's like no one cares about him and like compares him to rusty so rusty's like i'm still bummed the gamma size one with that float of the heidi and spencer fake (laughs) wedding love um and then we see we see ashley dancing with the blue crew and she's like totally fine with Fisher being weird. And she's kind of painted, not fully, but she's, she's kind slightly of- blued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's half a Tobias Funke. <laughs> yeah. H- halfway to Funke. On her way to never nude him. <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca decides to like shoot her shot with one of the blue guys. Like she's talking to Casey and she says something to her and she's like kind of eyeing the blue, the blue crew. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to find out if they're blue all over. Yeah. So then Cappy approaches Rusty and he's like happy about the flow. And Rusty's like, yeah, but, you know, I really want another legacy. One that's like helping my brothers. So clearly I think Rusty is like eyeing a presidency run or something. I feel like this is indicating. Oh, I missed that. I think this is indicating uh, Rusty's hope for a a brighter future at kt even though like his one responsibility he's been given which is to have a little bro went terribly horribly wrong but it's fine or to rent a working truck <laughs> so over oh, two Casey's sitting at her window like she's a victorian child who's been diagnosed with tuberculosis oh my god she's wistful as fuck <laughs> She is staring out the window when Ashley comes in and we see it from the outside of the window and then we go inside and Ashley comes in and she's like, what's going on? And Casey's like, I'm just thinking about the Garden of Eden. Like, Kathy's the forbidden fruit. (laughs) And then, you know, like, it's, there are problems. I mean, obviously it's for our viewing pleasure, but... All of them would be so much easier if they just broke up with their significant others immediately upon realizing they had feelings for someone else. Uh, Wait, but also Ashley says, when she says Garden of Eden, she says the strip club on the highway. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of strip clubs like near CRU. 
I mean, it's Ohio. What else are you going to do besides right. enjoy the gorgeous weather? <laughs> right. When you're not tanning. Um. So Casey's like, I just never expected to miss him so much. And Ashley's like, it's okay. Miss her Adam so much. Oh, I didn't hear the Adam part. And yeah. Ashley is like, it's okay. Max is going to be back in a week. And Casey says, I'm not talking about Max. And then they both look out the window. Front <laughs> row. It ended so abruptly. I know. I, that's what I'm saying is I do feel like things were cut from this episode. Like it was pretty like herky jerky. I'm not talking about Max. I loved it though. I loved I loved the window. The ending it's of so both of them staring out of it. Like take them to the sea. Oh, anyway. Um, winners and losers. My winner was Heath. I love Heath. Yeah, he got to have his legacy and he got to have a good um story arc that wasn't centered around Calvin. I thought it was a really good showing for Heath. Heath Bar. My winner is I guess like maybe Ashley. You know, she again, I think I made her my winner last week, but she's just like very supportive of Fisher and their relationship. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah. She gives going blue a chance. Yeah. Yeah. My winner is Evan. I think this was a good episode for him. I think he stood up to his parents. You know, obviously his choices are still a little misguided, but I think that just comes with the territory of being like a Chambers, you know? Mm -hmm. He's trying to figure it out for himself. Uh, Losers. This one was kind of hard. There weren't like a lot of like clear losers, but I'm going with Cappy because he... Mm was like being pouty and didn't even get to participate in homecoming on because he was like making a point and he's just in a tough position it was between him and Casey but at least Casey got to have some fun yeah I'm going Casey I just like if you are having these thoughts about another guy it's not fair to Max it isn't you right with him I'm gonna go Franny I think I'm just getting more and more <laughs> disappointed with her like I just feel like her character is becoming just more of an extension now of the Chambers yeah. parents. She's also yeah. like in her flop era. Like her schemes aren't even scheming. I know. Yeah. And Casey, I forget this happened in like the first scene, but there's a moment where Casey's like, I still kind of feel bad for her. And then Franny says some, I don't know, some bullshit. And then Casey's like, actually, I don't feel bad for her anymore. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> it's not anymore. Yeah. It's because she like teams them up randomly at, quote at random for their float partner but of course the ickies get omega guys yeah see not even good schemes that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah. we're we're artful they're just like yeah basic i miss artful franny right master of war franny okay cool well thanks for joining joining us us on this this Rate, review, subscribe. Follow, follow, follow. Ciao. Bye.